Hello, church and guests. This is Pastor Jay Hines. Pastor Joe Sorgen. Welcoming you to another episode of the Open Bible Podcast. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. On this past Lord's Day here at Church of the Open Bible, we were working through Esther chapter 5. And in that passage, we saw in uh, Esther's example and just the way that the, the chapter was set up and framed that when God's people do the right thing, in this godless world, God is there even when we're not sure what the results are going to be. You'll remember at the end of chapter four, Esther makes this famous statement. She says, I will go to the king, though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. She was going to do what she knew was right, even though she didn't know how it was going to end in the end. In the end, uh, there was no guarantee. And we see then in chapter five at the beginning, the first eight verses that Esther goes ahead and, and does the right thing. And lo and behold, she gets... Uh, the favor, the pleasure of the king. He holds out his scepter. She doesn't die. She's not executed by the guy holding the big axe behind the king. Uh, but rather, he says, the king tells her, uh, you found favor in my sight. What is your request? I'll give you whatever you desire. So it looks really good. She she calls for another feast. She's kind of planning everything very cleverly so that she can get what she's looking for, the um, safety, the the rescue, the salvation of her people from this evil plot by Haman. But then in the final verses, verses 9 to uh, 14, it is, all of a sudden we see Haman and he again sees Mordecai. Mordecai does not bow to him. He's enraged more than ever before. And he decides to build this giant wooden spike to impale Mordecai on the next day. And so what we're really left with is this tension. It's really the high point of tension in the whole story. Esther's done the right thing. It looks like God is going to rescue his people through her. And then we're left with this question mark. Wait a minute. Haman's got this plan. Which plan is going to prevail? Who's going to win in the end? And I think that's something that's helpful for us to think through in our own lives, where we also do hard things at times. We know it's the right thing. And yet we really don't know how it's going to turn out. It might turn out wonderfully, but it also might turn out terribly. Mm -hmm just like uh, we're left with that question at the end of chapter five. And so I thought maybe just for discussion in this episode, we could just talk briefly about our own experiences with that, where we've had to do the right thing and maybe it's been a hard thing and we've really had no guarantee of how it's going to turn out, but we, by the grace of God, did it anyway. What's that been like for you? Yeah, I can think of a couple examples um, and they're not anything big and grand like Esther standing up, you know, and doing the right thing in the midst of a king at the threat of death or anything like that. But uh, I do remember in in high school, and this isn't something I would normally do, but there was a, a girl in my class who um, she used the Lord's name in vain. And she did this fairly often, but she also was someone who uh, at, at times called herself a Christian as well. And so I just thought, I think I know what the right thing to do is here is and, and, uh, you know, kind of say like, you know, you're calling yourself a Christian. You should probably realize like this isn't right. Um, now that's not what I said to her, uh, cause she said Jesus name in vain. And, uh, instead I said, yeah, like whatever she had said his name. And I said, yeah, I know him. He's, he's my friend. He's my Lord. And I think you have claimed that he's your Lord too. And she just kind of looked at me kind of dumbfounded and, uh, but it's one of those things, though, and especially, you know, in high school, lots of peer pressure and things. You're concerned about what people think about you. Uh, I was I was kind of nervous about even saying anything about it. But I was like, no, I think this is an, this is one of those times. I wouldn't do that every time someone 
you know, um, uses uh, bad speech or anything like that. But in this case, when there's a supposed person who's calling himself a Christian who's doing it, I thought the time was here. And um, I had no idea how this would turn out. Would, would I end up being mocked? Would she end up, you know, getting all her the rest of her friends to just like really put me down and make me feel like garbage? Um, which wouldn't have been anything new, but, um, you know, you're just not sure how is this going to turn out? And I mean, it ended up turning out just fine. Um, and in fact, uh, there was quite a while where I didn't hear her or any of her friends use the Lord's name in vain, at least around me, uh, for, for a while. And so that that's one instance that, um, that would, would come to mind, uh, for myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know for me, um, a lot of, the examples that come to mind have to do with being a pastor and maybe we'll get to those in a minute. Mm -hmm. But the other thing is moments of, I guess, evangelism moments where I know this is an opportunity for me to speak of Christ to someone who's not a follower of Christ and not knowing how that's going to turn out, how the person's going to respond. That, that is often a very difficult place for me anyway mm -hmm. to be. And I can think of a number of examples, some where it's gone well. I, I remember being very convicted about uh, a lack of evangelism and then going to a, conf a conference in Minneapolis and being on a plane. And there was this guy sitting beside me and he started talking to me. What do you do? I'm a pastor. Oh, really? You know, and we started talking a bit and I just knew like what a time, what an opportunity for me to speak of Christ to this man. I mean, it was right before me. I could have just kind of let the conversation peter out, but instead I, I asked a few more probing questions and we got onto it and I was able to speak a bit more of Christ and, and uh, the difference between Christ and his message and the message of, uh, you know, religion and telling him that uh, the message of Christ is not what we do for God to make him pleased with us. It's what Christ has already done for us to be pleasing to God by faith in him. And, you know, that really struck him. And I left him with, a, I think I had a tract in my pocket that I left him with. And I never know what happened to him. I prayed for him afterwards, you know, uh, but that went well. I remember another time where I was asked to go speak to an older man in the community who was dying and the family kind of knew me and said, you know, could you come talk to him? He really wants, I think it's something like he really wants you to come and pray the Lord's prayer with him. I'm like, okay. So I went and started talking to him, asking him questions about his background and stuff. Need a little bit of church background. And then I just, you know, this guy's going to pass away any day now. So I just shared the gospel with him and I could tell he was super uncomfortable the whole time. And when I was done, he said, well, you know, when I was a kid, I was baptized and I went to, um, Sunday school and I'm a good person and, you know, I'm, I'm sure whatever. I don't know if he even said that, you know, I'll, I'll be in heaven soon, but uh, he just was very resistant and I, and I kind of pressed a little bit more and he just had no interest. And that was really disappointing. And sure enough, the next morning he died. And uh, another opportunity to share the gospel where someone was very, um, he wasn't antagonistic, but he certainly wasn't a whole lot interested. And that was hard. Those, those situations are hard. And there's been other times where people have been antagonistic, right? Mm -hmm. And don't talk to me about that. Uh, but we're called to do it. We got to do it no matter what the results. Yeah. And I think evangelism, even when you were preaching on Sunday, that was what came to mind for, for me as well, just in general, for, for all of us as Christians. I think that's one of those times where we know the right thing to do, especially mm -hmm. when there's just kind of the things, the mm -hmm. times that you've brought up, you know, those are kind of just situations that fall in your lap. Yeah. And when, when we as Christians have those opportunities, we know the right thing to do. Um, that's, that's when, you know, the rubber hits the road. Am I going to choose to do this right thing or am I going to walk in disobedience? And, uh, you know, for hopefully, uh, the times that we walk in, in obedience, um, outweigh the times that we walk in disobedience. 
in those situations. But the thing is, yeah, we never know how it's going to turn out. We never know how the person's going to react. Mm -hmm. um, but it's important to, uh, to do the right thing in that situation. Yeah. And I think as pastors specifically, <laughs> I mean, we encounter this all the time, mm -hmm. right? Um, so much of our ministry is every day seeking to do the right thing as pastors, as ministers of the word. And there's always no guarantee of what the results will yeah. be, right? Whatever that is, whether we're preaching, whether we're teaching, whether we're uh, in discipleship relationships, counseling, you know, whatever situation. But probably the most difficult, and this isn't just true for pastors, although we maybe have these situations a little bit more than your average person, is when you just need to have those difficult conversations yeah. with someone. And you need to, you know, through much prayer and in humility, follow the commands to admonish. That is not easy. I think those situations are particularly difficult because maybe more than any other, there's a sense of, I have no idea how this is going to end up. Like, how are they going to respond? And, and living in a culture that is so averse to that, like, how dare you, right, say that? How dare you judge me? You're judgmental, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, even when you're doing it humbly and with love and as, as a pastor or as just a fellow Christian, th that response is very likely. <laughs> so that can be hard. And I can think of examples of that. Uh, I can think of one example, the first time I ever did that, and it was to a, an older man. And I knew, you know, I thought of Paul's words to Timothy that, you know, don't admonish an older man. Um, and, and yet as a pastor, being able to uh, point out something in a respectful, humble way mm -hmm. is I, I felt I needed to do in this case. And I did it. And the, the response was amazing. The guy literally said, I need to repent of that. Let's pray. And that just was incredible. But there's been other times where it has not gone like that. I can think of one example of um, a young lady who is a new Christian and we became really good friends with her, discipling her, all of that. And then uh, found out she had been uh, dating a guy from a different community and uh, she said he was a Christian. We weren't really sure. And then they got engaged, wanted me to do marriage counseling, met with them, started asking them questions about their testimony. And it was very clear he wasn't a Christian or they had very different ideas of what a Christian is. And I just pointed that out, which they did not like. And and, and it's, those, it's those situations are hard too, because then you look back and think, oh, I probably could have handled it differently. I could have been more personal uh, rather than some of the ways I went about it, a bit more patient. But nevertheless, I knew, and it wouldn't have changed the fact that out of love for this young woman, we just had to tell her, you should not be marrying this. This is not a marriage in the Lord. You have completely different ideas of what it means to be a Christian. You're going to be unequally yoked. This is not going to be good for you and for your family. Uh, and she rejected that and rejected us and rejected our church and went elsewhere. And that was extremely painful. Uh, and I mean, I could give you a ton of other examples mm -hmm. like that, but um, it's those moments where we just know we have to do the right thing in prayer and humility and if that's the res result, at least we can have a clear conscience that we did the, what was right, even if it didn't go well. I think another situation, too, that can happen for sure for us as pastors, but also just as Christians, is uh, when when people ask us questions about um, different, um, maybe hot topic, hot button issues of the day as well. You know, we, we hopefully know what the right answers are, uh, what the Bible has to say about these things. Um, but... Uh, there can there can still be this you know mounting pressure of you know maybe sugarcoating it a little bit um, uh, you know whatever that issue is um, and 
Of course, we want to answer questions with grace and be careful in how we do it, even for the sake of being in legal trouble or things like that. Mm -hmm. um, but um, we know what the right thing to do is. Yeah. And the right thing is to uh, point people to the scriptures. Uh, and we know that the scriptures are our authority as to what we believe, um, as far as conduct, as far as faith, as far as lifestyle, all those things. And so uh, we, we point people to the scriptures and we say, well, this is what we believe and this is what the Bible says. Um, but, uh, and, and yeah, situations like that can mm -hmm. come up for any of us really. And I think, um, you know, in those times we need to make sure uh, we do the right thing. We choose to, um, point people to what, uh, the Bible actually says, rather than be like, oh yeah, like that's nice. Um, mm -hmm. And then, you know, sugarcoat something that, uh, that the Bible is very clear about. Mm -hmm. I find funerals are really hard mm -hmm. in that way because I, I need to be faithful in preaching the gospel. And if I'm going to preach the good news of Jesus, of course, I have to preach the bad news of sin yeah. and the consequences. And that's hard because you know that even a lot of people who would confess to be Christians and are Christians maybe aren't expecting that, you know, or, or don't fully understand that, that, well, the, the really, you're talking about sin at a funeral. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, well, that's, why death happens. Yeah. Death is the consequence of sin, not the person's individual sin, but being in a sinful fallen world. Um, sin is that death is the enemy because of sin. And, and, and if, you know, we want the, the good news to be preached, the bad news has to be there too. And that's hard. And, and yet it's so interesting because I, I, and I've done a lot of funerals where like community funerals and in, in former communities where I don't think anybody there, as far as I knew was a Christian, and I, and I, and that the intimidating factor there, because if mm -hmm. you put two and two together, if what I said was true, then, uh, as far as we know, this person who just passed away, your loved one is not with God right now. And that is hard. And yet it's a truth that has to be, uh, proclaimed. The gospel has to be proclaimed. And, uh, I've been amazed because, you know, I remember at some thinking like, is someone going to come up and punch me in the face afterwards? Like, cause, and yet people, did, you know, people come give me hugs. Thank you so much for that. And I'm like, wow, were you listening to what I said? Mm -hmm. But I, I just say this to show that it's, it's interesting. I mean, you just, you never know how people yeah. are going to respond to the gospel. You never know what's going on in people. Whereas I've, I've done funerals where I've had people who are Christians be like, Ooh, that, that was a little harsh for a funeral. It's like, I literally talked about sin for like 30 seconds, you yeah. know, but that was too much. Right. So you just, you never know what the response will be when you're sharing the, God's word, whether that's preaching from a pulpit to a group or it's just individual. Mm -hmm. And we know that that's what we're called to do. And so we do it and leave the results with God. Well, hopefully that sparks some thoughts in your mind too, about situations where you have had to do the right thing, not knowing how, what the results would be. And maybe there's some of those situations you're facing today, but we would just encourage you to discuss that with someone. Think about that, pray about it as we all seek to follow Christ fully with no guarantee of what will come, except that one day he will return and all things will be new and we will not have to uh, worry about the, the results <laughs> anymore. The final results will be there and uh, that'll be a glorious day. We look forward to that. Well, until next time, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and fellowship of the Holy Spirit abide with you forever. See ya. So long.
Oh, 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 oh,